So we can talk to each other. Okay. Um, obviously, we're using mics either way. We can talk to each other. We could also look up there. Okay. Um, we're using video and audio. We're going to rip the audio and use it for, you know, when you're driving down the road or whatever, someone wants to listen. But we'll also do video. Perfect. So either way you look, it doesn't matter because audio, you can't tell. Okay. Awesome. Red lights on everything. You're good to go. I totally thought there were supposed to be green lights. <laughs> why Why not green lights? I thought I green know. is go. Red is stop. For some reason in this industry, they use red as... All right. the well, you got a big red shirt, so I'm, I guess that means go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Really. All right. Um, all right. Ready? All right. I'm with Mitch McCormack today, and uh, I'm very grateful to be here. Mitch, uh, thanks for being here. Of course. This is for um, this discussion time is for missionaries. So our missionary friends that are uh, kind of working all over the world. This is a the goal is to give some insight, maybe some um, inform them what's going on in your life, as well as give ideas and tools and different things. Um, we're not all the same. We all have different personalities. We have different uh, ways of working, different ideas, different goals. We all have the same thing in common. We want to get the gospel out. We want to see churches started and men trained. Nevertheless, all of us are gifted a little bit differently or uh, have different thoughts. So by talking to several different people, we can get different ideas that maybe God will use in the life of somebody. So we're going to begin. When you were finishing up language school or yeah. when you had finished, God opened the door um, with this church that you're currently serving. So maybe you can bring us up to there, and then we'll kind of ask some questions in that. Yeah, okay. So uh, basically in our situation, we were just finishing up language school. I was actually still in language school, and uh, I the church I was currently attending didn't have a Sunday night service, and so I was just really looking to see if I can get involved in Sunday night, see if I could do that in a different ministry that was there in Arequipa, Peru, and so um, I found a church that was called El Salvador, and um, I just decided it was on the other side of town. Uh, it didn't really have anybody from our group really working there, and so I thought I'd give that a shot, and so I went down there, and they had one service that was posted online at 5 p.m., and so I got there, and I thought that, you know, this is going to be, you know, like most Latin America churches, and everyone shows up late. And so right. when the time 5 o'clock came, there was no one really there. I figured they'd be there soon. <laughs> but uh, 5.30, 5 quickly became 5.30, quickly became 6, and there was no one showing up. And uh, the pastor at the time came to me and told me that uh, really had been down to now the point there was two elderly ladies that were there, and it would be a Bible study. Uh, where if they showed up, we did some Bible study. If they didn't, then then we just didn't have anything. And so anyway, talking with him, he really started to put on a burden on his heart that he just wanted to quit. He he was burnt out, and he really um, just couldn't do it anymore. And so I, I talked to him, tried to encourage him, and let him know that I would help him any way I could. And that lasted for about a month, month and a half. And I just came down and just did whatever he wanted. And uh, that month and a half was a good time to encourage him, but really he was he was to the point where he wanted a break. And so he uh, continued to ask me over and over again, me still in language school at the time, never having any background in Spanish, I was not ready to take that church. And I told him I'm not doing it. And um, actually, he ganged up on me. He got a, his old pastor. <laughs> he said, hey, let's invite Mitch to lunch, and uh, we'll try and convince him there. <laughs> and so anyway, through that, they both invited me to lunch, and they both asked me again and again. I told them no, but I'd pray about it this time, I said. Yeah. And so... Um, I left, and I started to call and reach out to different people. I actually reached out to you, and I asked people what they would uh, recommend I do in this situation. And um, the 
most, I mean, everybody was telling me that they would they would take the church, even though I wasn't fully prepared in my eyes to do that at this point, because it seemed like God was placing that in our in our in our life. And it honestly, at that point, was nobody, so I couldn't destroy anything that wasn't sure. there. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we decided, and we in October of last year to um, take that challenge and take over that church. And we've seen God do some amazing things yeah. there during our time. And um, I'm just so thankful that I've it was able to be a David in the story of, of the Lord there where, Amen. you know, you don't really know what you're doing, but God blesses anyway. Amen. What a blessing. You know, um, I, I do like the attitude, uh, Mitch. I love the attitude of, I, I really can't do any wrong here. You know, like, <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, in one way, I think all of us need to look, you know, we get nervous. What do I do if I start a, a youth ministry or like, well, you can't do any worse than already is, you know, yeah, like, and yeah. uh, I think that's a, a great attitude in, in one aspect. The other thing I think is beautiful is that God placed this in your lap. And um, and a lot of things that none of us can break, like if, if we have any boasting, it's in our Lord, right? Amen. And like we try things and it seems like some things that we try, we're fishing and, you know, there's no fish there. Uh, and then other ways we turn around. And I think it's God's using our faithfulness. You go back to deputation and times that, man, I knocked it out of the ballpark and they never picked me up, you know? And then other times like, Oh, that was horrible. I don't even know how I got through. And then they pick you up, you know, and I think it's God showing us like, hey, buddy, I'm still in charge here. I think that's a beautiful thing. So bring this up. Now, you started serving there. Obviously, what a big change from going to uh, not preaching every week to preaching every week. How many times do you currently preach every week in the church? Oh, so two. So okay. two. So basically, we kind of tailored that to my language learning ability. <laughs> and so I didn't, I know that the uh, was taught, and I, I would, the ideal situation would be just to start everything all at once. Um, but I took the challenge of just taking that Bible study and making it a every week service. Yeah, amen. And so we started with that, and then Good. we added Wednesday night service as we kind of went along. Amen. All right, and so get, bring us up to speed a little bit. Um, I know that you've had some visitors, and I know God's given you some big days and some good times. Maybe uh, fill us in on some of the people that came, how you got them, mm-hmm. what you've seen God use, some of the evangelistic tools, just any of the above. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really not, not rocket science in the terms of I just didn't know what to do, never done it before, so I'm going to try and do everything I could think of. Anything I think of is a good idea because it's better than what was being done right. before. Yeah. And so um, basically everything from the more original ideas of printing out flyers and tracks and um, giving those out to everyone in the neighborhoods and doing that in the more populated areas and the, the markets as well and doing that consistently and time and time again to uh, finding people that were interested in offering to do different Bible studies in their mm-hmm. homes and come become more connected to certain families and see as long as they're willing to hear about the gospel or willing to hear about God, then I'd be willing to go there and share it with them. And so doing more traditional routes like that is where we started knocking on doors and just uh, basically handing out tracks and letting people know that we were there. I made specific tracks that said a new church in your area to try and show okay, people amen. that we we're, we're something new, even though it had been there before, uh, because no one really knew who we were. And so uh, we were just pushing that we're here, we're here now, and we're going to be here and make sure we all hear us. Yeah. And so we did that. Uh, to other things like uh, evangelistic big events, um, we did those once a month. So okay. I started in October and basically was just honestly barely scratching one a month out. By the time the month came around, the 29th or the 30th is basically when we had those events because I was trying to prepare for it 
and then pass out tracks for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a lot to promote an event as well. And so there's a lot of time that goes in the front end. And so basically just barely making it every month. We started with different things like Children's Day, where we okay, had inflatables yeah. that we purchased and um, or rented for the day. Yeah, and uh, we had about 300 children show up for the first one there. Wow, and, praise uh, the Lord. <laughs> and, and we basically, it was really funny because at the time the event was supposed to start, there were six kids. And I was really discouraged because <laughs> I had given a track... Uh, to every single person. The neighborhood that we were from is a neighborhood of about 7,000 people, so it's not very large. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, great. We hit every door in this area, and there's six people here. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, we'll just... And then basically about 30 minutes in, uh, the, yeah. South, the Latin America thing happened, and uh, there was a lot of people <laughs> out there. And so... Praise the Lord, we got to give those people the gospel, and that kind of springboarded us into the next event where now people were excited because the few people that had started coming to the church in a few weeks now were like, what's going on here? This is cool. Um, The cool thing for us as well is people see that I was struggling with language or people see that I'm struggling as a new person, new pastor, and so the people that just come for maybe one or two Sundays wanted to get involved. And yeah, so they, amen. some of those people showed up to help on that day. And yeah. then they see a bunch of people and they go, wow, this is exciting. And uh, then you plan and say that we're going to have another one just next month. And then they get more excited for that. And, when, yeah. and now they're really wanting to be involved. And so you kind of just see a snowball effect happen over time. So we had our next event and uh, our next event I'm looking, thinking, oh, is a soccer tournament. And so I was like, oh, let's have a soccer tournament in November, and we're just going to make sure we emphasize that it's a service rather than a tournament. So I put servicio con torneo, which is just service with a tournament. So, like, everyone knew that we were having a a service first. We're going to do singing. We're going to have preaching, a Mm -hmm. full-on service. And then afterwards, and you had to come to the service if you want to go to the soccer tournament. (laughs) And uh, that worked out well. We had 11 teams for soccer and seven for volleyball. Praise the Lord. And uh, we had a good event there as well for that one. I learned different things and tricks to promoting these events, too, as time went on. I would take out little ads, whether they were on Facebook and doing paying the small fees that they have for the area. Or I did things like um, I joined groups on Facebook as well for the specific zone of Horacio okay. Ceballos, which is where the church is. And so um, on there, I got connected with a lot of people that were on a direct community. And so it's a group of about you know, three or 4,000 people, and that helped us too. That one helped us more than anything, really, because yeah. that was an active group. And then we also took out billboards that were in the area that wasn't super nice. expensive and just did ways to, to let people know we were there as well. And really mostly just showing our logo too helps yeah. because then people know, oh, they're the ones that connect to this, that connect to that. And so uh, we did that. And then um, we springboarded from that too. Of course, we're in December. So we went to our Christmas event, which we had uh, 800 children at, actually. Ooh, amen. So that, that event was um, wild because we... Um, Planned for about 300 because that's what came into the children's <laughs> event. <laughs> and it's a zone of about 7,000 people. So I didn't figure it could be too much more than that. But we did the same kind of promotions. And all we really did was give out hot chocolate and did a show with some costumes that we got. And uh, by this time, the church had been there for about three months. So we had more people in attendance so more helpers that were there as well. Yeah. And um, with this event, really, I thought that we would have 300, like I said. So I bought hot chocolate with faith for, for 350 people. And then what happened was... It was the time for the event. And like I said, there were six the time before. <laughs> the time of the event happened, and I was counting out, and I was trying to get a gauge of how many people, and there was around 300 people that were there on time. Wow. And so I was like, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> wow, amen. <laughs> and what about so um, basically just ran out and bought more stuff real quick, some hot chocolate to make that, and um, and, and got, got to give the gospel out there. Amen. And again, show people who we were and what we're all about, and that's loving amen. on people and tell them who Jesus is. Now, in this uh, big day that you've had, you had several multiple big days up until now. Um, what does a big day look like? In other words, walk me through the service. 
you get 300 people there. Uh, you get a lot of people there. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I mean, you just start singing immediately. What do you What do you do? Yeah. So. It depends on what the event is specifically, right. and it depends on what our goal is in that event. And so with the Children's Day, it was the first one we did, and what we did was basically we waited to build a crowd. I don't really have a way of telling you exactly when to have your gospel presentation sure. other than you want to strategically place it to where there's the most people there. Yeah. And so with the soccer tournament, that was about 30 minutes into it because we wanted to make sure that teams didn't leave after they lost. Yeah, yeah. With the Children's Day event, it builds up continuously all the way through. And yeah. so um, it was more towards the end when we okay. gave the gospel. Yeah. And then things like making sure when you have a big event like that, we, our building can't handle it. So we have to do it at a, a park that's next to the church. But okay. trying to connect that to the church is what I found to be helpful. But the first Children's Day we had... We didn't connect it to the church as much, and we never made people come to the church. And the second event where we had it with uh, either the soccer tournament and the the uh, Christmas event, by the time at the end of the event, we wanted to let them know that there was a welcome back pack with a book with the head of the Romans road in it mm-hmm. and Good. different things, flyers and tracks for the church, and want to let them know there's a small gift at the church for you. And so when they can come around that way, then they can also be connected with the church, see the building, yeah. not yeah. not be as, as foreign to them. Okay, so follow-up from uh, these different events. I'm sure every time you've gotten a little bit of uh, maybe growth or people coming back, um, how do you maintain those people in the church? What do you do to do your best so that they stay in the church, just not be a revolving door? Yeah, I mean, that's tough because there's some people that just forever will be in the top of the funnel. Oh, sure. And so we we do have some people that we have our largest days typically follow our big evangelistic events. Okay. And uh, we follow up with all those families. I tried to do the traditional American thing with the welcome cards and get their address, but it sure. didn't work for us. We yeah. do it over and over again. They just gave wrong addresses, sure. and I would spend all day trying to find their houses. It wouldn't work it's out. Yeah. Even if it wasn't wrong, I couldn't find it because it was so remote. And so um, what we went to instead from that was I started uh, asking for their cell phone numbers more more frequently. And the biggest thing that I did, especially for families, is when they're first-time visitors, asking them to eat. And so I'd say, hey, I'm the pastor of this church. I would love to take you guys all out to eat and just get to know you better. And during that conversation, really, I would be searching for what they were expecting and looking for in a church. Yeah. And so I'd try directing the conversation toward that and also let them know who Jesus was, but not pressure them to a to a salvation conversion there on that meal. It's like, oh, I'm going to buy you lunch and then you accept sure, Christ. Sure. Yeah. But more of just really understand and know them better. Yeah. Hey, that's great. And so uh, the people that come right now, do they walk to church? They ride their bikes. They come on a taxi. And uh, what do they? What do they? Great question. A majority of them walk. There's a few okay. people that have cars, um, and then we are, like I said, a remote area of seven thousand. So there are people that are in the neighboring districts, about 20, 25 minutes by car that come. But there's no public transportation, so we do have a church van that we use to pick up people from those areas. As well. Okay. Amen. Good. Okay. Um, you got. You've had a couple different events that led up to December. So what did you do up? Uh, I don't know, the the next couple months, uh, did you just work on only internally trying to keep people? Did you have some other events? What did you do? We uh, we did switch the focus there a little bit to making sure we tried to reach the people that were coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all at the same time still had different classes that we started to offer, whether they were guitar classes, okay, um, English classes, and we also offered medical classes. We did one per month, awesome. five-week courses. And so my wife really led a lot of that up by herself. That's great. And uh, we used those as tools as well. Okay, uh, walk me through a medical class. Um, mm-hmm. What exactly do you do? Is yeah. it is this 30 minutes long? Is it an hour long? What do you do? Yeah, so um, my wife did it for an hour, okay. and um, most of it was just education. Some people also wanted you to check and see if there's something wrong with them. And Vitals and all? Okay. Yeah, we did some small and 
medical work on them is okay. just basic stuff. And yeah. then we'd also hand out over-the-counter meds like Tylenol and stuff like that and my vitamins and, okay. and minerals and stuff like that. Yeah, both of you had previously been even with MMO, correct? Uh, you'd taken trips in the past? Yes. So we were both nurses, registered nurses, and uh, so we had the opportunity to go on medical trips before us to kind of see exactly how they do their trips. Yeah, which is great. And so we, we were able to kind of use some of that experience to be able to. Okay. So um, – Let's get to a, a close on this section, Mitch. This is phenomenal. And I hope that all um, our missionary friends that are out there listening, I hope you'll realize, uh, one, that God can use anything that you have. God has used, um, you know, Mitch's interest in sports and, and medicine, um, but also the adventurous spirit of going out there. Uh, maybe you can close out by saying maybe just a couple challenging words um, or encouraging words, better said, um, to those like, I'm going to an area, there's really nothing out there. How do I start? What do I do? What if people don't come? Like, what, do I stick in there for a while? Do I just try something new? You said you went Facebook. You did a lot of different things. So maybe some closing thoughts to uh, encourage me to keep on going in those. Well, you heard a lot of the things that worked for us, but there was also things I did that didn't work. Sure. I started a satellite church in that neighboring area as well, and that didn't work. And the, the whole point of just saying that there's things that don't work as well is you should I just try everything. Yeah. If I can be encouragement, it's spend less time in production and rather just doing. And because uh, it, it becomes easy to be like, oh, I don't like the way my track looks. I want to wait until next week until I get it redone again. And I want to make sure this is better. I want to make sure I plan it out exactly how I want it. And rather than just kind of overthink it, allow the power to be in the Word of God rather than your Amen. production. And so that would be my encouragement. Just do everything. Amen. Amen. So as you throw out those lines everywhere, you know, you're fishing for men, you're uh, trying to, as you throw it out everywhere, as God closes the doors, that's actually not a bad thing. That's a beautiful thing because you know to continue looking. I mean, a closed door means there must be an open door somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you, Mitch. I appreciate your time. And uh, thank you, friends, for for listening, for watching. And uh, we will continue at another moment to continue on studies and uh, insights to, uh, to help us and encourage us along the way. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you. How long was that, uh, Chris?